You're listening to the Joy Junkies Show podcast, episode 418. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash EP418. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? Without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, Amy E. Smith. Hello, pod people. Amy here, and I am so excited to bring you this episode. This is an episode topic that I repeat every single year because it's one of those things where we all need this reminder and I need it for myself just as much as you need it. And I'm hoping that the things that I share with you this week all around how to not lose your shit with your family this holiday proved to be really implementable and quite timely, being that we are very much much amidst the holiday season. So if it sounds familiar, it's because I do this every single year because we need it every single year. So let's jump in and talk about how to preserve our sanity a little bit. The first thing is, and I'm going to have five things for you, by the way, if you are the type who keeps notes. Number one is to gear up. Now, this is something that I talk about a lot with my students in my Deep Down and Dirty program, and there's a whole process that I teach them about how to go about gearing up. But sort of an abbreviated version of that is to forecast or think about what are the things that will likely arise when I am hanging out with family or that likely happen or likely are things that are said so that you can prepare as best as possible. So the question to ask yourself is, okay, if this person, let's say, if my mom asks me again about having kids or my uncle wants to bring up really heated political topics that I'm not comfortable discussing, you've kind of bullet pointed, these are the things that may arise. How do I want to respond? How do I want to show up in those moments? One of the questions that can be really helpful in pinpointing that is to simply ask yourself, what do I need to do or say or be to be proud of myself. So let's say you have a holiday function that's coming up with your family on a Thursday and you start forecasting here are the things that could possibly happen and on Friday when I wake up that morning how do I want to feel about the person I was? How do I want to feel about how I conducted myself at that event? Because I do think one of the things that derails us so much and gets us into our default behaviors, which are namely our fear responses, fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, is when we are caught off guard. 
So if you aren't aptly prepared or you're rushing around and you just uh, finally get to your family's house or have them over and they say something that you haven't really thought about or geared up for, that's when we tend to be either super combative, the fight response, flee, maybe run away, try to not have the conversation, and then inevitably feeling disappointed in yourself, freeze, just stand there and not know what to say, or fawn, which is sort of the people-pleasing response. By the way, if you're interested at all in the four you know, primitive fear responses in their modern iterations. I have done a podcast specifically on that. So I'll link to that in the show notes for you as well. But I suffice it to say, if you haven't really given it much thought, it's likely that you're going to go into whatever your past behaviors are. So if you tend to get in a heated argument with your uncle, you're probably going to follow suit in that same path if you haven't properly geared up. So what I encourage you to do is take out a piece of paper and write out, here are all of the things that tend to happen, that tend to be said, or things that people do that I am wildly uncomfortable with. And I want to respond differently. I don't want to respond the way I have always in the past. I I haven't responded in a way where I felt really powerful. So I want to shift that. And then in the second column, write out what that would look like to actually be proud of yourself or to wake up that next day and say, I handled myself in a way in which I'm proud. What would that look like? And be specific. Are there boundaries that need to be established? Are there little catchphrases or a synopsis of here's how I'm going to get out of these conversations? And we'll talk about that a little bit more here in a minute. But number one is gear up. And the whole point of this is to be prepared, to not be taken off guard. The second thing, which could also kind of be under the realm of gearing up, is to be really clear on your boundaries and decide on them now. Before you go to any family functions, before you commit to any type of gift exchange or driving five hours to someone's house, decide now, what are the boundaries that I am going to establish? A handful of topics that you might want to think about, religion or church, are there any boundaries around that? I know that I've shared with all of you quite candidly that that the realm of religion and faith is definitely something that I've had to really boundary up around specifically because my entire extended family subscribes to a religion that I no longer believe in. So in order to handle myself with grace and kindness, I need to be really clear about what I will and will not entertain. So what that's looked like and sounded like in the past is to tell my family, I really appreciate the invite. I know that that is coming from a really pure place. But to be quite honest with you, I find that sort of dogma 
quite offensive to the way that I believe now. And it would mean the world to me if you would refrain from inviting me to those sorts of events. And here's my commitment to you. If I ever change my mind, you will absolutely be the first person to know. I really respect that that's your way of belief. And I really hope that you can extend the same respect to me as well. And then change the fucking subject and then talk about, so what are you getting so-and-so for this? Or uh, what did you decide about this issue going on at work? Change the fucking subject. But be really clear about what those boundaries might be. Travel is a huge boundary. What are you willing to do? How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to fly? How do you feel about COVID? I know for myself, I have a lot of extended family who refuse to be vaccinated. That is a value that is completely different than mine. In fact, this year I am visiting some family over the holidays, my my mom in particular, and I very clearly delineated a boundary that I do not want to be around any of our extended family who are not vaccinated. I don't feel comfortable with that. And again, I am fiercely a, a fierce guardian of my health and my well-being. And I certainly am not going to tell anybody that they have to do something. I'm also fiercely pro-choice. <laughs> so do whatever you want, but also know that that incurs some consequence. And one of those consequences for me is I do not want to be around you. So are there those sorts of boundaries that you have to keep in place? Travel, timing, For example, is it I can only limit my engagement with you to two hours because I have such a long drive or I am not going to drive. I've realized that it's way too taxing. Perhaps there's a boundary on the amount of effort that you're willing to put into something. Perhaps you find yourself being the one who always hosts the family gathering and everybody just assumes, oh, Amy will take care of it. And you find yourself expending so much time and energy making sure the house is clean and decorated and, you know, things purchased for everybody and meals created, supplied, ordered, (laughs) catered, whatever, that you no longer feel like it is equitable and you don't necessarily want to participate in that any longer. Maybe it's leaving early. Maybe it's consequences. Maybe it's Having a real clear boundary that if somebody brings something up, perhaps maybe you went through something really difficult and you have prefaced with everybody in the family, I don't want to discuss this thing that happened with my job or maybe it was something like a miscarriage or something like that where you really clearly don't want to get into it and you've made that clear already. And then they breach that boundary. What are the consequences going to be? Are you going to give them a couple a couple chances? Like, as I mentioned before, that's not something that I want to talk about. I would really appreciate it if we could change the subject. How many chances are you going to give them? Is there going to be a consequence if somebody is verbally abusive where you say, you know what, you cannot speak to me in that way. I'm going to uh, leave the premises or I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Are there certain things that you need to preliminarily be clear if it gets to a breaking point? What are the consequences that I'm really willing 
to enforce. Another boundary could possibly be gift parameters. That This is something that Mr. Smith and I have had to work with because quite a few years ago, we decided that we were not going to do Christmas gifts any longer and rather take that money and donate it to charitable organizations. So what that has meant, and a majority of people have been really respectful of it, but what that has meant is that we have talked to people and said, hey, we're not going to be doing this anymore. We wanted to give you the heads up, and we would also really like to request that you don't get us anything either. Some people listen. Some people do not listen. (laughs) But again, it's about being as vocal as possible around those boundaries. Or maybe it's a situation where everybody in your family is doing quite well. So they want to do a gift that is a $100 limit. And you are like, really having a difficult time. And you're like, I got 20 bucks, maybe. Do you need to establish any boundaries around that saying, you know what, I'm actually going to sit out this year, things have been a bit of a financial strain, truly hope you can understand. All right, so we've got number one, gearing up. Number two, decide now what are those boundaries going to be. And another piece of this, this is something I've talked about a lot with my students in Deep Down and Dirty, is that we can get so caught up in how that information is going to be received, especially with polarizing topics like religion or money or fucking masks and vaccines, you don't have to get into any of those conversations, which actually leads me to number three. Know that you do not have to engage in any conversations that you do not want to. So maybe there are people in your family who are on different sides of the political spectrum or have different views about religion or different thoughts about masks, vaccines, etc. And they want to discuss it. They want to dig into it. They want to chat about it. And you absolutely do not. Keep in mind that no matter what somebody asks you, you do not have to answer the question. It is a little counterintuitive because our natural response when someone asks us a question, naturally, we feel as though we need to answer. It's sort of how we've been conditioned. It makes a lot of fucking sense. But this might be a piece of you gearing up that number one on the list. It might be deciding, okay, I have a pretty strong feeling so-and-so is going to ask me about my divorce. They're going to ask me about my drinking. They're going to ask me about jobs, school, miscarriage, relationships, marriage, kids, whatever. Any sort of topic that you do not want to get into. What is my response going to be? Reminding yourself, You do not have to engage in any conversation that you don't want to. You do not have to answer questions that you do not want to. So here's what I suggest you do. If you think that it's coming from a well-meaning place, for example, let's say you have been having really a, a really difficult time conceiving and everybody in the family kind of knows that's what you're going through. And they say to you, how have you been? How is everything going with with all the fertility stuff, right? And you've been fucking dreading it because it's not something you want to talk about. Perhaps it's riddled with grief and pain and you don't want to dig into it. 
And it's one of those things that you've been like, I don't want to be around everybody because I know that's what they're going to ask me. First of all, if it is positively intended, like they are coming from an actual genuine loving place, not from a gossipy place, but they're just genuinely curious and, and concerned for you. Start by acknowledging that pure and kind intent. Say something like, you know what? I really appreciate you asking. I'll be really honest with you. It is not something that I feel comfortable rehashing over and over again. I really hope you can understand. And then change the fucking subject. Then go, but what I would really love to hear about is how your job's been going. Or I heard you got this amazing, blah, 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 fill in the blank. Or how your kid is or whatever. So using that that kind of rough formula of thank you for asking and then a a lightly vulnerable acknowledgement of where you are. To be really honest with you, it's not something that I want to talk about. And then really very clearly saying, I truly hope you can understand. Change the subject. All right. Now, if it's somebody who is not well intended and they're either looking for the hot goss or they are trying to pick a fight a little bit, you know, are they're maybe a little bit more adversarial and they ask you something that you find really offensive, like, oh, well, here's here's the bleeding heart liberal. Why do you vote like that? Or why do you think that that's a solution? Why do you think that it's okay to give money to the poor? (laughs) Right? Or whatever it happens to be. Uh, You can say, you know what? I recognize that we have differences of opinions. I'm certainly not going to get into that today. Shut that shit down. And if they keep baiting you and trying to get you to take that bait, Reiterate the boundary. Don't try to defend your position, your point of view. Don't get into it. Reiterate the boundary by saying, as I just said, it's not something that I'm comfortable getting into, and I don't think that this is the time or the place. I truly hope you can respect that. Moving on and then change the subject. Ask somebody to pass the cranberries. Ask, you know, excuse yourself from the table, but don't entertain it if you've already made it a hard and fast boundary that it's not something that you want to discuss. Now, if it is something that you want to discuss, you can feel free to do that. But I think having that awareness going in of like, here are the topics that are off limits. Here are the people who I will talk about this with or I won't. Or even boundaries around this is not the time. I don't want to talk about it today, but maybe another separate family function where I'm we're just getting together the two of us versus everybody here at the dinner table or everybody here at this home. So you get to be really clear about delineating what feels comfortable for you or not. Before we go too much further, I wanted to take a quick moment to give a shout out to our sponsor. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Shocker, I'm a huge fan of therapy. I have a personal motto that if you think you don't need therapy, you probably need therapy. Because without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is genuinely hard. The good news is therapy actually really does work. But what is it exactly? Well, it can truly be whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling super motivated right now. 
hello, who among us, right? And maybe you want some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in your relationships or in your workplace, or maybe you're just not dealing with stress very well. Whatever it is that you need, it is time to stop being so ashamed of normal human struggles. It's time that you feel better because you deserve to be genuinely happy. And now you don't really have to worry about finding an in-person therapist that's near you or in your town because BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to even see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people, y'all, it's been over 2 million people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. As I mentioned, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Joy Junkie Show podcast listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash thejoyjunkie. That is betterhelp.com slash thejoyjunkie joy junkie. Now let's jump back into the show. Number four. This is a huge one. This also is a piece of a boundary. Become a fierce guardian of your time and energy. Oftentimes in families, there will be very clear expectations based off of what one person really wants. Like maybe it's traditions that have gone on for many years that actually cause a lot of trouble and aren't that fun. And maybe it's your mom or your partner's mom or dad or uncle or whoever who is really quite demanding about here's how it's going to be. We're always going to have it at this person's house. We're always going to put this level of effort into the food or the gifts. You get to decide if other people's priority and urgencies are yours or not. So I'll be honest, not everybody in our family was very thrilled to hear about us not doing gifts. That's not my problem, right? And it has freed up an enormous amount of time and energy that I don't have to deal with hunting for gifts for people who really have everything that they need already. (laughs) So that is something that I choose to allow that disgruntled opinion to be theirs. I'm not going to carry it. I'm not going to worry about it. Their priority is not my priority. Another example, many, many, many years ago, I mean, this is decades ago, my family on my dad's side, we did, we, my dad had uh three brothers. So there were quite a few cousins and second cousins. And it was a fairly larger family. My mom was an only child. So we we didn't have much going on on that side. But the agreement was a $20 gift exchange. Well, we had one particular family who would buy all sorts of items, I shit you not, at garage sales, dollar stores, Things that were, you know, the understanding is that it should be around a $20 gift, not if you can get away with a dollar as a gift. (laughs) So, and they had a shit ton of kids in their family. 
So everybody, when we would open up our gifts, we would dread if one of them had our names because we knew we were going to get like an eraser from the dollar store or some bullshit like that. And we decided as a family, because that felt so non-reciprocal and felt almost like taking advantage because all of us were adhering to the $20 limit and getting nice things for their kids and stuff like that just didn't feel energetically peaceful. So, and again, this was the decision from my mom and dad decided at the time, you know what, we're going to remove ourselves. And if everybody else still wants to participate, they can knock themselves out. But this just doesn't feel right anymore. And my parents did not have a lot of money, but they still made sure that they participated as best as they could. And then when it felt non-reciprocal and it just didn't feel good anymore, they chose to pull out. And it was a little bit of a debacle, but they kind of stuck to their boundary and eventually everything worked out and it was fine. But I think that's really important to start underlining, is this a good expenditure of my time, my energy, my resources. This might also be limit how much you are around certain people or even the frequency, how many get-togethers you have. Or it could even be where you choose to sit. It could be who you choose to have a cocktail with. If there are people who are constantly bringing you down or they're challenging your boundaries or pushing limits, be cognizant of that. If there's somebody in your family who's, who is calling you constantly and talking about the drama with another family member because of holiday stuff, there might be boundaries there where you say, listen, I, for my own sanity, cannot keep having this conversation with you. I truly, truly want you to find peace and resolution, but I cannot keep discussing this with you. I cannot keep rehashing this with you. But I would love to hear how it's going at your job, how it's going with your new fitness regimen, whatever it happens to be. But let them know that they're important to you, but perhaps that content is not something that you can keep rehashing with them. Keep in mind of what you are saying yes to. This is a huge piece of being a fierce guardian of your time and energy. Are you volunteering for shit when nobody else is kind of raising their hand or saying, hey, I'll take care of this for the group? Do you feel compelled that you have to do it, that you have to volunteer, and you know it's going to put you at the extreme of your emotional bandwidth so that you start snapping at everybody in your family or your spouse or your kids or whatever, keep in mind your threshold. How much can I take on? I've used this example a shit ton of times, but are there also things that you're taking on that aren't aren't all that serious? Like I have to bake these cookies from scratch because I always have instead of like, you know what, this year, I can't take it. I cannot take it. I cannot add another hour and a half of things to my to-do list. I'm going to fucking buy store-bought cookies, and I'm pretty sure everybody's going to live. First world problems, right? So start thinking about what am I saying yes to? What am I volunteering to do? What stories am I making up around, well, if I don't do it, nobody else is going to do it, so therefore I have to. No, not necessarily. 
Because here's the deal. If other people perceive what's happening as urgent or emergent or their priority and you fall into that without any kickback, you're kind of telling them it's okay how you treat me. It's okay to demand this and I'm just going to acquiesce to everything that you need. Now, of course, you don't have to be a dick about it. You don't have to be an asshole about it. But if you're not speaking up and you're just taking it all on, as in my mom's always this way or my dad always demands this or my aunt this or my cousin and it's just how they are and you'd rather stay in that place of blame instead of actually advocating for yourself, you are allowing that. You are complicit. Now, I'm not talking about straight up fucking abuse. Of course not. I'm talking about allowing people to zap your time and energy without any contest. There's a great quote that I absolutely love by a woman named Irma Kurtz. And it says, givers have to set limits because takers rarely do. Givers have to set limits because takers rarely do. So if you are one of those people who tends to give and give and give and give, it can feel like, oh my God, I'm being a total asshole if I'm not doing what these other people want, need, find a priority or find emergent, even though I don't. And that really doesn't have to be true. In fact, this is one of the the main focuses that I work with my students on in Deep Down and Dirty. This is one of our biggest pieces of boundary setting is around letting go of this idea that I need to incur all sorts of guilt if I don't do what somebody wants or needs. In fact, I have a great podcast episode specifically around guilt and how most of the time it's not warranted. We're just straight up uncomfortable that somebody else wants something that in opposition to what we want. It's not necessarily that we've done anything wrong. And that can be a really uncomfortable space. So if that tends to be you, we'll definitely put a link to the guilt pod in the show notes for you to check out. But a lot of this people-pleasing behavior is, spoiler alert, rooted in childhood. Usually we find that one of the ways that we can stay safe is by taking care of everybody else. Maybe it's siblings, maybe it's cousins, maybe you're the oldest of the cousins and you kind of took on this role of taking care of everybody or organizing everything and you are fucking tired of it and it costs you. It gets you all worked up. You end up snapping at your partner and your kids or your bestie or whoever or you can't function at work as well because you have all this family stuff that you're juggling. Please know you do not have to do that, but nobody else is going to advocate for your time and energy except you. In fact, a lot of times my students will notice very quickly the people in their lives who would rather them be people pleasers. They don't like necessarily the empowered version because the empowered version of you doesn't let them get away with a bunch of bullshit. So please know that sometimes people won't like the empowered version of you. And then sometimes others are like, oh, good to know. I had no idea because you never fucking said anything. I just thought you loved organizing this. I thought you loved driving five hours. I thought you loved making all the food from scratch or buying a shit ton of gifts because you never said anything. So at least do them that service 
of speaking up and advocating for your own time and energy. You have to set limits because takers rarely do. And sometimes those people who are takers in your life don't even realize that that's what they're doing because you've never said anything. So they think you love that role. (laughs) They think you would... I'm sure Amy would say something if she didn't like doing it. I'm sure Amy would would ask us if she needed help. I'm sure, right? Like that's the logic. So sometimes it's not ill-intended at all. But that's your job is to start looking at have I really become a fierce guardian of my time and energy and have I verbalized it to the people who need to hear it? All right. Final final item of how to not lose your shit with your family over the holiday. And this is really about loading up on self-care and your allies. Schedule sessions with healers, coaches, therapists, massage therapists, uh, pampering for yourself, time with your bestie who always grounds you. Maybe it's having some hot cocoa and watching Christmas movies or Hanukkah movies or something like that with your your best friend or your sibling who you get along really well with and it just really recharges your soul. Schedule those things. If you are having a family function and you know that you are going to need to debrief like fucking crazy afterwards, schedule a therapy session that directly follows that or a a chat with your bestie or some way that you can release and regroup after having sort of a triggering moment. You can, that's a huge element of self-care of just going, I know what I'm going to need after engaging with these people. How can I set myself up the best for success with this? The other item is to keep tabs on your downtime and your alone time, especially if you are introverted or ambiverted. Ambervert is sort of like a hybrid of the two. I I really resonate now more than ever with being an introvert. I like to say I'm a very outgoing introvert. I am gregarious and dramatic and outspoken, but I am not at all recharged by being around a bunch of people. It drains the fuck out of me. So I have to really, really limit it. In fact, recently, Mr. Smith and I, uh, over the summer, went to visit some friends and family in California, and we had stuff booked with people every single day. And there was one day that we had kept open that ended up falling through. The people who we were going to get together with weren't able to make it. And I was so relieved. And Mr. Smith was like, you know, maybe maybe we could go do this instead. And I was like, babe, I need some alone time. I'm used to being by myself a lot. And so I am drained from the amount of energy that I've expended being around other people. And a lot of it we're smaller groups. It wasn't like it was these big raging parties. It's just not how I recharge. So I do really need to have that alone time and that recharging time. And that looks totally different for every single person. But because the holidays tend to be larger groups, this really is something that you have to monitor if you tend to be more of that introvert or ambivert. 
So schedule in that downtime, alone time, and keep that fucking sacred, okay? So you have free, full permission to tell somebody, I have plans, even if the plans are for you to veg out by yourself on your couch watching a Netflix series. Those are plans, my friend. Those are important. That is how you want to spend your time. Even if you're single and you have no kids and everyone in your family wants to guilt you about like, well, what do you have going on? Not their fucking business. You have plans. You are unavailable. I truly hope you can respect that. That's another boundary too that I didn't mention that uh, I do think a lot of people have to deal with. And that is if you do happen to be the person in the family who isn't married or who doesn't have children and everybody else acts like because of that, you need to sacrifice everything. You need to travel to everybody else. You need to make the long distance drives. You need to make it work. Nope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Having a family, getting married, all of those things are choices. That does not mean that somebody who doesn't make those choices has to somehow sacrifice unnecessarily to make those people happy. So that could also be a boundary. Perhaps you have a sister who has a bunch of kids or maybe even just one and acts like everybody else needs to cater to her and her needs because, oh, my God, I have a baby. Sorry, that's not how it works. And again, I don't think you need to be an asshole, but I think you need to be really clear about what does and doesn't work for you. And the way that you deliver that can absolutely be with grace and kindness. But let's not get it twisted. Your time, your energy, your priorities matter. All right. So let's review this really quick. Number one, gearing up being prepared for seeing what might go down. Number two, deciding on your clear boundaries. What do those look like? Number three, what uh, or know that you do not have to engage in any conversations or answer any questions that you do not want to. Number four, become a fierce guardian of your time and energy. Are you spending time doing shit you want to do or is it all obligatory and other people's urgencies? Number five, load up on your self-care and your allies. Who are the people who will remind you that you are not your mother or your father? Who are the people who bring laughter and levity and support you? Who are the healers and the coaches and the therapists that can help ground you after interactions? Who are the people that you just genuinely want to create traditions with or want to have fun with over the holiday? Call them in. That's important. So there you have it, a handful of ways to not lose your shit with your family over the holidays. And I will mention, too, a lot of the stuff that I discussed about Deep Down and Dirty, you can find out more about that very easily by going to my site, thejoyjunkie.com, and just click on Work With Me, and you can look at all of the elements of Deep Down and Dirty and then see what your next steps would be if you are interested in talking to somebody about is this program the best next step for me, especially as we go into 2022? I think we're starting to get to this point where it's like, okay, I'm done in the with the quarantine. I'm done hiding out. And I'm actually ready to start making some massive changes in my life. And if that's you, I can probably kick your ass into doing it. 
So go to thejoyjunkie.com and just click on work with me and you'll get lots more information there. And we will be in your feed next week. The next two weeks, we're going to be doing Dial an Expert with two beautiful women who are a part of a, a group of women that I meet with every couple of weeks. And I think you will be thrilled to hear the topics that we're discussing, which is something that I haven't really talked about at all on the show. So you're going to have to stay tuned for that. Lots of rich, good stuff coming at you. And I hope you have a fantastic week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.